0: verse
1: 4.
0: Yes! We get stoked to open up the Word of God. So Psalm 105, verse 4, the psalmist says this, live a happy life. Come on, who wants to live a happy life? I guess the rest of y'all want to live a sad life. The opposite of a happy life is a sad, a mad, a bad life. But Listen, this is the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you realize this, but God actually wants you to live a happy life. He says, live a happy life. It'll make the difference in everything that you do, in your job, in your marriage, in your family, in your health, in your career, your finances, your school. Live a happy life, but don't misunderstand where happiness comes from. Because it's not about materials. It's not about more money. It's not about a bigger house, a bigger car. It's about where your eyes are at. And he says this, keep your eyes open for God. Let's say this together, keep your eyes open for God. God has so much more than what you're seeing right now. And what you're seeing right now has so much more potential than what you see on the surface level. There's so much more to be thankful for than there is to complain about, right? There's so much more to celebrate about what God is doing than there is to complain about what's happening in the world. Or maybe, you know, it's easy to get cynical when your eyes are closed to God, when you're only looking at your material wealth or you're only looking at what other people are getting and you're not getting. But the psalmist reminds us, keep your eyes open for God. Watch for his wonders. Watch for his miracles. Watch for his works. He is working all around you. Just sometimes you miss it. It's hidden in plain sight. It's right there, but oftentimes you're just not seeing it. Then he says, be alert for signs of his presence. His presence is here right now to heal, to restore, to redeem, to renew, to transform, to set free. His presence is in this place, and where his presence is, there's freedom, there's fullness of joy, there's peace. Some of you came in here today and you just sensed the presence of God. It just changes the atmosphere, it changes. By the way, when you're in the presence of God, worry can't stay there. Right now, people are getting set free from worry, from chronic worrying. Just the presence of God's coming in. And then he says this, remember the world of wonders. The world of wonders that God has made. We're about to go into our victory conference and the theme this year is let there be, because the very first words in the Bible that were spoken by God were let there be. God began to create the world of wonders with an imagination, bigger than any imagination in the world, God's imagination was greater than Walt Disney, greater than Oral Roberts, greater than any person out there, greater than Steve Jobs, greater than any person out there that's ever invented something. With this imagination of creativity, God said, let there be light, let there be land, let there be fish in the sea, creatures on the fields, let there be fruit, and let there be trees and every kind of life-giving plant, and let there be stars in the sky, and let there be a sun and a moon and spring and summer and fall and seasons and days and nights. And the same imagination that God used, God put inside of us. Let there, let there be humans. Let there, he put it in you and in me. He created us to be creative, to use our imagination. Did you know that the brain weighs three pounds, the human brain, at full, at, at like full capacity when you become an adult, the, your brain weighs three pounds? but it has the capacity to learn something new every second of your life. The question is, are you still teachable? Are you still learning? Are you still growing? Are, do you think you've arrived? Do you feel like you know all there is to know? Because the psalmist, he just was overwhelmed by the wonders of God. There's so much more than what I've seen, his miracles. And then I wanna take you to one more scripture. Uh, Exodus chapter three, verse one. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, the invitation to know God deeper, to go beyond where you're at right now. This message has been stirring in my heart for the last few weeks. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Anybody got a father-in-law in this room? You sound excited about him. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that this bush wasn't burning up. He was amazed. He was staring in amazement. Engulfed by the flames, the bush wouldn't burn up. And then Moses thought to himself in verse 3, this is amazing. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. Say that with me, I must go see it. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just stir up the divine curiosity in our hearts. Lord, that you would remind us that there's still mystery to discover in your word, mystery to discover in the knowledge and the wisdom of Christ. Lord, there's still mystery to discover in the plans, the will you have for our life. And God, we are not arriving Lord, we are continuing to journey forward and to search deeper. And Lord, I thank you that today, anyone who feels like they've hit a brick wall, who's stuck in a rut, anyone who feels like that, that maybe they can't see the more you have, that today you would open their eyes, open their hearts, open their minds, remind them that you're not finished with them yet, and that their best days are right in front of them. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Everybody said. Amen, amen, thank you Mike, thank you worship team. So we just got back from a sabbatical and part of this sabbatical, uh, the reason why I took it is because pastors, mentors in my life sat me down about a year ago and they said, Paul, you're running at a very fast pace and you think you could do it because you're 29, 30 years old but you really need to learn at a young age how to pace yourself. This is not a sprint, this is a marathon. And they began to encourage me. They said, you know, every pastor uh, that we know of that has, that's, that's leading a healthy ministry and a healthy life and a healthy marriage and a healthy family takes a sabbatical. And uh, I wasn't, re- I was kinda skeptical about it, wasn't a fan, and then I reflected back on the words my dad shared right before he passed in the hospital. He said, I wish I would've taken sabbaticals. And he said, when I get out of here, I'm gonna take some time off to really just be refreshed and rest. And uh, when I remembered that, I thought, you know what? They're giving wisdom, I need to listen to that. And so with some blessings that God brought our way, we were able to do that. And thank you, church, for allowing us to just really be refreshed in our souls and our marriage. I love my wife more than ever, more than, she's so gorgeous every day. She just gets prettier to me. My kids, Liam and beniah so, so precious and so energetic and so over the top. Last night, Liam woke up several different times. And thankfully, I slept through all of those times. (laughs) And Ashley kept putting him back in his bed. Thank you, babe. Part of this sabbatical, though, they encouraged me to take a few days just to be alone with God in the wilderness. And when I was a teenager, I came across this picture in National Geographic of the Grand Canyon. And I was so drawn to this picture. It was kind of like a burning bush moment where I just felt like, I felt like the canyon was whispering, like, come on, Paul, come out here. And I was like, the magazine's talking to me. And uh, have you ever had something like that, just kinda like call your name, like you need to come out here? All right, us weirdos. So I wrote it in a bucket list. I wrote a bucket list on my journal. One day, I'm gonna go to the Grand Canyon. And I had gone when I was a kid with my family, but we were only there for 20, 30 minutes. And the whole time that we were there, I didn't even see the canyon, I was chasing lizards the whole time. I liked lizards and I missed out. We got in the van, they said, what'd you think of the Grand Canyon? I was like, what? I was looking at lizards the whole time. So I was convinced I was gonna go back and I was gonna sleep at the bottom of the canyon, camp out there. So I just went, just about a week ago, hiked 45 miles down into the wilderness at the bottom of the canyon beyond the rim and today I wanna give you this message, the title is Beyond the Rim. Everybody say Beyond the Rim. So beyond the rim, the top of the canyon is called the rim. And that's where the majority of visitors go. In fact, there's five million people a year that visit the Grand Canyon, that, that, that hang out at the rim. They hop out of their van, take a selfie. Who's ever been to the Grand Canyon? Anybody ever been there? Come on, a lot of Grand Canyoners around here. So when I got to the bottom, there's some interesting people at the very bottom of the canyon. It's a long hike and, and only the interesting people get to the, who's ever been to the bottom? Yeah, so it, it's, it's unique. And down there, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to, to, to camp out down there and, and um, th- there's only one, there's a little cabin with a restaurant down there, there's no competition. They could charge you five bucks for a lemonade. And so I'm sitting there drinking a lemonade and, and the ranger comes in, he starts talking to us. He said, let me tell you something, there are rattlesnakes, mountain lions, bears, mountain goats, raccoons, deer that will come right up to your face. And he said, enjoy it all. And I was like, this guy has been down in the canyon for way too long. This dude is wild. He's like, I never go out of the canyon. He said, I get 12 days of vacation, but I don't take them. I stayed down in the canyon. I was like, you need to get out of the canyon for a second. (laughs) But here's the point. He said this, he said less than 1% of the visitors ever go beyond the rim. Less than 1%, in fact, it's .002% actually go beyond the rim. And he said these words, he said, everyone else is content to stay at the rim, to stay at the surface and take a selfie, but very few venture beyond the rim. And It started stirring in my heart the story of Moses, where God was piquing Moses' curiosity to come closer to the burning bush, where God was speaking to David in Psalm 105 to say, there's more than what you're seeing right now. Keep your eyes open. Don't settle for the surface of Christianity. Don't settle for just a church service. Don't just come and say, I just want a little bit, just a little bit to get through the week. No, it's time to go down into the canyon of God's word. I love what Paul says in Colossians chapter 2. He says this, I want to encourage everyone. He said, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm preaching. I want people to be encouraged as they're knit together by strong ties of love. That's my prayer for our church, for those watching online, that you would be knit together, loving each other, lingering after church, going to Mazio's sometimes, going to coffee, being in home groups connected. But then he says this, I want more for you. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. You know, Paul used the word mystery 21 times. Mystery, mystery. Who likes to watch mysterious, like mystery movies, thrillers, or read mystery novels? I grew up reading Frank Peretti books, The Oath, and Hangman's Curse, and I loved reading these, they were Christian mysteries, but I, lo- they were, I was always on the edge of the seat. And I heard God say when I was down there, I just was praying, and many times I would stop and just start tears coming down my eyes, just overwhelmed by the spectacular, amazing creation of God. And I heard God say so many people are settling for the surface. They're settling at the rim, and I'm calling them to go beyond. So many people think they've arrived, they think they've seen it all, they think, well, Paul, I've heard it all. Anything you tell me is just reminding me of what I already know. And God's trying to speak to you right now to say there's more to God than what you know right now. I want you to just write this down. There's more to God than I know right now. How many have been saved for at least 20 years? You've given your life to Christ, you've been going to church, you've been following Jesus 20 years. Come on, that's awesome. Many of you raised your hands. Some of you just got saved in the last week. Some of you are here today and you're seeking, you're searching. You wanna know what's beyond the rim. You wanna you want know what it's like to walk that narrow path. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Narrow is the road that leads to life, and very few wander down the road less traveled beyond the rim. How many wanna be a part of the few that go beyond the rim? Come on, am I preaching to a, a Jesus-following church this morning? But what happens is the longer we're saved, the longer we know about Jesus, the more we kind of settle at a certain spot and we forget to keep going, that there's more, there's more that God has for us. Real quickly, I wanna tell you a few things that might be holding you back from going beyond the rim. I think the first thing is sin. Some of us in this room, we've fallen into sin. We've, We've fallen in love with the world more than we've fallen in love with Jesus. We've fallen in love with things that our flesh wants and and we think, well, I could do it and I'll be okay and I'll go to church on Sunday, but I'm gonna keep this habit in my life, this secret sin, this addiction, this thing I know I shouldn't be doing. I'm gonna do it, but I'm still gonna go to church. You can't have one foot in the world, one foot in the church and still be going beyond the rim. You get stuck. And when you get stuck, you become stale and people can feel it and smell it. And they're going, are you really following Jesus? Because it kind of feels like you got one foot here and one foot there. There's a story right above the Grand Canyon in Mount Zion National Park in Utah. This guy was hiking by himself, Aaron Ralston. And he was hiking and he fell between two cliffs. And when he fell down these two cliffs, he got stuck between a rock that fell on top of his arm and trapped it up against the cliff. And he began to scream, help, help, somebody help me! it was really putting pressure up against his arm. He kept trying to move, he couldn't get out, and he realized he was all alone in this part of the canyon of Mount Zion Park. And he began to try and figure out, what am I gonna do? For 127 hours, he was stuck between a rock and a hard place. Some of us are stuck, and we don't know how to get out. You know what Aaron did? He pulled out the dull pocket knife he had, and he began to saw off his arm. Because he thought to himself, would I rather die in the canyon because I'm afraid to cut something off that needs to be cut off? Or would I rather go ahead, cut it off, and still keep living? He climbed out, he's a Christian, he's an inspirational speaker, and he challenges people. Some of you are stuck in toxic relationships, toxic addictions, toxic habits, and you are so comfortable in it, you'd rather die with the habit than get set free and cut it off. What's holding you back from going beyond the rim? What is your rim? What is the rim that God's calling you to go beyond? Maybe it's to start a small group. Maybe it's to go back to college. Maybe it's to go to Bible college. Maybe it's to read your Bible for the first time, cover to cover. Maybe to go beyond the rim for some of you is to actually start trusting God with your finances and give 10% of your income to God, a tithe. Some of, some of us are afraid, and I think that's the second thing, fear. Fear holds us back from going beyond the rim. Fear, what if I give or what if I go or what if I finally go on that missions trip that I've thought about going on or what if I finally go back to Bible college or what if I finally do that thing I've thought about doing and what if it doesn't work out? What if I fail and what if I don't have enough money and what if God doesn't provide? What if I give him something and he doesn't help me out? And fear holds people back from going beyond the rim. God's trying to move us from fear to faith, from comfort to courage, from up here at the rim to down in the canyon. You know, the further I went, the more waterfalls I saw. Waterfalls that were not on any magazines, any websites. I began to discover these swimming holes. Oh, they were amazing! I wish you were there with me. I wish we could all take just a church trip to the Grand Canyon and just hang out with Ranger down there at the bottom. (laughs) Man, I jumped into one of those swimming holes. I took a running jump. Water came over me, cold water. I climbed out, this waterfall was right there. And I just heard God say, there's so much more, Paul. There's so much more. Don't stop. Don't stop at the rim. Don't stop. Don't get stuck. Don't let fear hold you back. I think the third thing is survival mindset. Survival mindset. Some of us are just saying, well, Paul, I I can't do anything new. I mean, I, I don't even know if God's asking me to step out and do something new, or start a small group, or go to Bible college, or mentor a teenager, or volunteer in the children's church, or serve at Victory Conference. I'm content with just getting a selfie with Stephen Furtick. I'm just content with going to one church service a week. I just don't know if I can go beyond the rim because I'm just trying to survive here, Paul. I'm just trying to make a living, just exist. I don't have time to dream or imagine, but I would venture to say you don't have time not to dream. You don't have time not to imagine. God didn't put you on this earth just to survive. He put you on this earth to bring him glory, and the way you bring him glory is by being fully alive. There's people you can reach that I could never reach, people at your job that God's waiting for you to go beyond the rim and to stop just talking to them about fantasy football and start talking to them about Jesus and invite them to come to church with you and bring them on your journey. Don't just survive at your company, change the culture of your company. Dream again, imagine again. God said in Isaiah 43, he said, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Forget about the former things. If anyone had a reason to brag about the past, it was God. He had done amazing things, but God said, you ain't seen nothing yet. I got more, new roads, new rivers. If I did it back then, I can do it again. And I think the fourth thing is this, an arrival mindset. What holds us back from going beyond the rim is we arrive. My brother and I were on a missions trip this last year in Brazil. And we had a two hour break between ministering at one village and ministering at the next village. We had two hours to spare and the missionary said, why don't you take a nap? You can sleep for the next two hours. John looked at me and said, do you wanna take a nap? I was like, no. He's like, let's go exploring. John and I, we are explorers at heart. We are adventurers, we're cliff jumpers, we're caution sign junkies. We just wanna see what God has in store beyond the rim. And uh, we asked the locals, we said, what's around here? They said, there's waterfalls just 15 minutes away, waterfalls out in the wilderness. They gave us the address. We showed it to our bus driver. He said, no, there's nothing there. I've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. There's nothing there. It's just cornfields, nothing out there. We said, they're telling us there's waterfalls. He goes, trust me, it's a waste of time, don't go. We said, are you sure we really wanna go? And he goes, well, plus there's Satanists out there doing satanic rituals and selling marijuana and stuff. And we're like, what? Then we talked to to him for a little bit longer. He goes, actually, I was making all that up. I don't know, I've never been there before. (laughs) Like, where did you come up with this? And he goes, fine, I'll take you. I just didn't want to drive, but I'll take you. (laughs) So we go there and we walk past the field and we came across this valley. On the other side of a cornfield, 15 waterfalls flowing in one pool after the next pool. It was so beautiful. Did you know, 98% of that town, like we started asking around, nine out of 10 people we asked had never known there was waterfalls there. Never been there before. Never ventured beyond the cornfields. Felt like it was a waste of time. The bus driver started to cry. He said, I can't believe this has been here. He said, I've lived here all my life. 50 years in this poor city, Unapolis, northern Brazil, where nothing happens. I never knew what was on the other side of that rim because I never went, you'll never know until you go. I wonder what's on the other side of your comfort zone. I wonder what it would look like for you to step into obedience to follow what God has for you. Psalm 37.4, God says that if you will delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. God wants you to desire more. He wants you to desire those new fresh things. He wants to birth it in you. He wants to show you that he has so much more. I went on the internet, and the internet doesn't lie, and I typed in, how many waterfalls are in the world? And they said, over nine million waterfalls are in our world. Nine million waterfalls. They said, most of them have not been discovered by foot, but by satellite, airplanes, helicopters. These are waterfalls that are at least 10 to 15 feet high. And if you say, well, that's not really a waterfall, it has to be at least like 25 or 50 feet high, you'd be, amazed by still millions of waterfalls. In Alaska, new waterfalls form. In, in Canada, in, in California, there's a 1,000 waterfalls alone, and every year there's new waterfalls because the water finds new ways to venture through valleys it hasn't gone yet. There's silt and debris that builds up, dams it up in one river, and so it has to find new ways through the forest. There's so much more that our eyes haven't seen yet. I remember coming across this picture in my dad's office. And it was a picture of this street, but it's a picture from 30 plus years ago. And you could see Oral Roberts University right here. There's no praying hands. There's no hammer center. This is all fields where Walmart is right now. Come on, Walmart, (laughs) Sonic. And then where you're sitting right now is just cow pastures and trees, and it goes into the Arkansas River. No apartments over here. Now imagine if if the guy who took this picture said, this is it, this is the final picture for 7700 South Lewis. This is as good as it gets and it's awesome. People during that time might have even thought that. They might have even said, Oral, you did a great job. This is it, this is it, this is the life. But Oral knew, what my dad knew, what God knew, the picture wasn't finished the picture wasn't finished, and can I tell you today, the picture still isn't finished. Where you see fields and parking lots, I see so much more, and I want to tell you today in your life, keys come up here as I get ready to close, in your life, the picture isn't finished. God has so much more. Imagine if the photographer of this picture said, this is the best picture ever. All the photographers need to stop, just quit. Put your cameras away. There's no better pictures than mine. We would say you're absurd. There's way better pictures and there's supposed to be even more pictures. Photographers need to keep taking pictures because there's more to explore. There's more about God that you haven't found out yet. Is it still a mystery to you, or have you already arrived? Because Paul the Apostle, after 25 years of writing to churches, preaching, studying, going intent in the Scriptures, still came to Philippians 3 and said, I have not arrived, but this one thing I do, forgetting that which is behind me and pressing onward, forward, upward. There must be more in the calling that Christ has on my life. Moses was 80 years old when God was calling him from that burning bush, and when Moses drew near to the bush, in verse four of Exodus three, God began to speak. God said, Moses, I've got a new assignment for you. I know you're about to retire, because in those days, people would die right around the age of 100. They were no longer in the long living years of 800, 900, 500 years old. That was during the time of Noah, Moses, or not not, not Moses, Noah, Methuselah, Adam, but here Moses was, and Moses said, wait, God, you want, you want me to do what? You're not finished with me yet? You want me to go back to Egypt where I messed up? God was saying, Moses, I have more. There's more to the picture. There's more to your picture. Real quickly, I wanna give you four things, four tools to go beyond the rim. Number one is childlike wonder. Keep the wonder, keep the wonder. Stay wonder-filled. Stay wonderful, keep on exploring, keep on being amazed by God. Keep on saying, oh wow, don't lose that. Jesus said in Matthew 19, the only way to come into the kingdom is to come like a kid. Come with all the wonder, all the inquisitiveness. Don't act like you got all the answers. Don't act like you got the edge on everything, you know it all. Keep coming, keep exploring. Keep digging, go beyond the rim. Number two, a heart of faith, a heart of faith. What's it take to go beyond the rim? It takes that faith. Faith in Hebrews 11 verse one is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. I think the reason my dad maybe kept this picture in his office is just to remind himself, I know I can't see it here, but I can see it in here. The battle is between the ears. You have to see it in your heart, in your mind, before you can see it out here in the natural. You've gotta let that vision build, that faith. Some of you right now are struggling with a secret sin and addiction, and I want you to start releasing faith that you're gonna walk in complete victory over that sin this year. You're gonna see complete victory. Some of you, you have a prodigal son that hasn't come back to God, hasn't gone back to church in years. I want you to just walk by faith and say, he's coming back. He's coming back, and God's got a plan beyond the rim for his life. Some of you have never read your Bible from cover to cover. And God's saying, this is your year to do it. This is your year to go deep in God's word. Get a heart of faith. Believe that the picture's not finished. We see in history of Christianity that the best times for Christianity was when Christians began to ask the questions I'm asking you right now. What's beyond the rim? The best time for the church at large was when Christians began to explore divine curiosity. In fact, in 1517, 500 years ago, this guy named Martin, Martin Luther, he started asking these questions. Is this the final picture of the church? Is this how the church is supposed to look for the rest of our lives? Is this what Christianity is supposed to be like? And As he began to dig deeper into the canyons of God's word, beyond the rim, he started to discover new things, and he wrote down 95 theses. He said everyone should have a personal Bible in their own language. Everyone should know that God has a divine plan on their life, not just for the priests. Everyone should know that they don't have to pay money to be forgiven by God, that God can forgive them by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And what Martin Luther began to do is he began to change the picture. And the contemporaries of Martin Luther, they named the term, and it's really crucial, they didn't name it reformed, they named it reforming. Because they said, we haven't figured it all out. And the future Christians, they need to keep on wrestling with this. They need to keep on thinking this. They need to keep on talking about this. They need to keep on looking at the picture and saying, what does God wanna do next in the future of the church? I am a firm believer that the greatest harvest in the world in the history is right in front of us for people to come to Christ. The greatest harvest. It's happening and it's going to happen. Number three be still. To go beyond the rim, you must be still. Turn off the noise. When I was away this last few weeks, I gradually disconnected from social media, from my cell phone, from the laptop, from the iPad, from all of the stuff, the noise. And I had a flip phone. And occasionally I would use my wife's phone just to check up on how the church was doing. But I had a flip phone and I got lost several times on the way to the Grand Canyon, because I forgot flip phones don't have maps on them. But I learned how to just be still. There's no reception down there in the canyon. Just multiple times where I just go, okay. God was saying, just let go and trust me. Be still, because when you're still, that's when he begins to speak, and that's when he begins to prompt you and lead you, and he begins to show you more of the mystery of his will." in his way. I encourage you this week, every day, take five to 10, 20, 30 minutes, go on a walk, leave your phone at the house, put it on airplane mode if you have to, turn off social media. There's a term scientists, doctors have given today to people who don't know how to function without their technology, and it's called anhedone. And it's basically the inability to be happy off normal things, and so they need overstimulation and counterfeits to keep themselves feeling good. And they say the the biggest reason of it is the technology, the surrounding of all the noise, all the beeps, alerts, and their REM, their rapid eye movement, they can't go to sleep at night because the phone's right by their bed. So every time it beeps up or lights up, they gotta see the notifications, the latest stories, the latest tweets and Instagram posts. And you're laughing because you're like, that's me, I know. Or you're like, it's not me, it's my wife, it's my kids, I don't know. But I just encourage you, be still. Go beyond the rim of all the noise. Number four, divine desire. Divine desire. This is the last point. God wants to spark a divine desire in your life. James 4 verse 8, he says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. He wants you to come closer. He wants you to go beyond where you've been before. He wants you to go back over some places that you went in the past, but to discover the new falls that he has, the new adventures, all the new things. Exodus 33, Moses asks possibly the most intimate question in the whole Old Testament. He says, God, I wanna see your face. I wanna see you. He came back to the same mountain where he had met God before at the burning bush. But this time, Moses wasn't afraid. Moses wasn't ashamed, he wasn't caught feeling down. This time he was excited to know God more. We used to sing this song back in high school.
1: I want to know you, I want to hear your voice. I want to know you more, Jesus. I want to touch you I want to see your face, I want to know you more. In the secret, in the quiet place, in the stillness, you are there. In the secret, in the quiet hour, I wait only for you cause I want to know you more I want to know you I want to hear your voice I want to know you more God. I want to touch you I want to see
0: This guy on the final night there in the canyon, and he was so excited. He was in his 70s, came into that restaurant down at the bottom of the canyon. He said, Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I looked at him, I said, What? He said, I just finished my 150th rim to rim to rim hike. Now, from the south rim to the north rim of the Grand Canyon is 22 miles. Then to go back is another 22 miles. So that's 44 miles of hiking. And he said, I just finished my 150th time of going rim to rim to rim. And he said, I ain't seen nothing yet. He said, I'm gonna do this till the day I die and I'm not dead yet. (laughs) I said, okay. He said, there's so much more. He goes, I've been going over some of the same trails but I keep seeing new things. God wants you to go rim, to rim, to rim, to rim, to rim. You say, but Paul, I've been rim, to rim, to rim, to rim, and I know it all. You ain't seen nothing yet. God has more to the mystery. Stand to your feet all over this room. I just sense the Holy Spirit is piquing curiosity, divine curiosity, a divine desire to go beyond where you've been before. A divine desire in this room to explore the mysteries of God's Word. I dare you this week, last month, God challenged me to go through the whole New Testament in four weeks. He said, just go through the New Testament. And I did, and I loved it, and I couldn't wait to go back over some of the same scriptures in Colossians and Philippians and 1 Peter and 2 Peter and James and then Revelation and then go back and go back through 1 Corinthians and Acts and Romans and John. John is a rich book. It's so full of God's love and staying connected to the vine and where the fruit comes from. And I know some of y'all are looking at me like, yeah, but you're a pastor. You need to do that. Every believer needs to go rim to rim to rim to rim to rim to to experience the personal revelation of what God has for you. How many of you just sense God's sparking desire in your heart this year, this school year, something fresh in August, something to step beyond the rim, out of your comfort zone? If you sense, I want you to take a step of faith. Come and meet me down beyond the rim at the canyon down here. Come on, just leave your seat. I don't know who you are, but you say, God's calling me to step out of my comfort zone. Maybe it's Bible college. Maybe it's helping out at the Dream Center. Maybe it's serving in a way you've never served before. Maybe it's leading a small group, starting a Sunday school class. Maybe it's this year volunteering in children's church, going into the youth group. Maybe it's starting an outreach. Maybe it's going on your first missions trip. Maybe it's reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and then back again over the next few months. I don't know what it is, but I pray that God begins to stir a divine curiosity in your heart where you can't even go to sleep until you write it down in your journal and say, I must go see this. I must do this. I must move towards that burning bush. Holy Spirit, maybe it's right now you've you've known about Jesus. You've watched people walk down the trail, but today God's saying it's time. It's your turn. Go beyond the rim. Get fully devoted to Jesus. Let him be Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe you're here today and you say, Paul, I've heard about the Holy Spirit. I've heard about speaking in tongues. I've heard about the gifts of the Spirit. I'm ready to taste it myself. I'm ready to taste and see that the Lord is good. I want more of God. I want more of his Spirit. His presence in my life. Thank you for listening to Victory. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services. Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory
1: app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Remember, your best days are right in front of you.